Science. Hello, probably scientists. This is Andy uh, wishing you a, a, a wondrous and prosperous summer. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, Matt is out of the country for a little while, so he and I both decided to record some, um, I guess, bonus content, you would call it. So we're, we're going to present to you a couple a couple brief um, mini episodes that may or may not have uh, science or comedy in them, but uh, it's something to hold you over until Matt gets back in town. I am here with Jesse. Hey. So we're going to have some probably, though. We're going to have some probably. I think I'm, I haven't listened to Matt's yet. I'm just going to put it up. Um, his He said his was some history and some science. Uh, I talked to a couple friends of mine in Portland who are not in the comedy world but have science-y jobs, and... Uh, you know, maybe you guys will enjoy that. And if not, you can feel free to skip this episode, you know, because this is free. You ungrateful. It's free. <laughs> it's free. I didn't realize you had non-sciencey or non-comedy friends. See, yeah, it's a funny thing because this is, this is actually a, a couple that I was friends with before I started doing comedy. And they were people that I was uh, embarrassed to tell that I did comedy. Like, sure. I, I didn't come out to them for a while about it. Sure. Um, but now they're they're both on board. They're supporters. Of That's what good. I do. I don't have any friends. You anymore. lost them all. I don't have any real people friends. Did you before you started doing comedy? Or yeah, yeah. But they just all were nah. Sick of, they're just yeah. there. It's over. <laughs> you don't want to stick around. For I them. mean, and and I wasn't that anxious to stick around with them either. Yeah. You know, I was you pretty don't. quick to get out of there. Yeah. Um, and now you wish you had some real people in your life, but you know. Well, it's hard though. Like I had, I hung out with real people the other night. I was at a real person party. They can and be. It's it's brutal. Right when 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 suddenly everyone's laughing. And you're like, what? Nothing funny happened. You oh. people have the lowest standards of funny. <laughs> it's Nothing. The, it's the worst. I, I used to have a bit about that, about how like, um, you know, like, let's say you're a software engineer. You write code for a living. You're really. I can relate. You've worked really hard at it. You got really good at it. Mm-hmm. And then you're at a bar one night, right? After a long day of writing code. And you're sitting next to this like kind of douchebag who's hitting on this girl. And he's like, totally, yeah, you can just build your own website. You just copy in the HTML. <laughs> and, you, and she's like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Can I blow you right now? And, uh, and you're just like, that's what it's like for me every time I hear anyone tell a joke. Some, some life of the party person. Some life of the party person. And I'm like, you're just quoting Adam Sandler things right. or something. It's like, there's no structure. Your story sucks. Yeah. Way too long, not punchy. This is what I feel. Uh, I, have you ever had a minister or a, a man of the cloth come up to you after a show to talk about how, how they want to do comedy? I have had a few yeah. men of the cloth me too, me approach too. me. And my theory is that they are used to, I mean, it's like John Mayer. He thinks he's funny because in between songs, he just makes some offhanded comment and the 14-year-old girls eat it up because, oh my God, he's also funny. Well, he's not that funny. He just said oh, something dude, that proved he can also do something besides play music. Musicians are the most annoying yeah. at thinking they're God's gift to comedy yeah. because the standards are nothing. The standards People are, can kill at a concert. Yeah, you can kill at, at, if your sermon has one pseudo joke in it, the place is going to erupt in laughter. Because it's not supposed it's to be not funny. Supposed to be, yeah, so you're right. just doing the bare minimum of comedy. That's why when you most, do... When you do stand up, it's so easy to get people to cry. Yeah. <laughs> because you could you can just say anything sad and they're like not expecting it. It's out of nowhere. Right, right. You know? So yeah, if you guys are considering doing comedy because you are the funniest person in your blank, whether that's office, church, whatever, just you know, take that with a grain of salt. Maybe you are super funny, but there's a chance you're not. There's a good chance you're not. So man, Well, you know, yeah, yeah. Um I, you know, I was certainly never the funniest. I'm still not. Yeah, and no, that's I'm not either. that's I, the yeah. thing. It's probably I probably still shouldn't be doing this. I'm just saying that I do. And now it annoys me. <laughs> now you're now the, the things that make normal people happy fail to make you happy. Is it worth it? Is this sacrifice it's we've made? Yeah, worth it? it's resentment. I don't know if it's worth it. Um, I don't either. I don't either. I didn't mean to. But this is like a yeah. super downer intro. We got really, really, uh, really to be a fun bonus episode. Oh, oh, by the way, quick bit of housekeeping. Um, we did get a donation. Um, we got a donation for um, 99 cents that was accompanied by a message saying, I'm doing science. Will 99 cents be enough to get me a mention on the show? Answer, yes, but without saying what your name is. So Okay, sure. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. It's a qualified yes. That I'm going to mention sense. 99 cents, but you don't get your name mentioned. Yeah, yep. you get to it. tell people, you know, you did it. And then, you're, but I mean, are you going to admit anybody, to that your friends will think you're a douche? But you could also just anybody could claim they were that person and get a yeah. Laugh. But your friends will think you suck. They'll be like, well, "Why'd you even?" Maybe they'll think it's hilarious because they have low standards for comedy. Maybe because <laughs> yeah. they're not comedians. You know? Maybe I don't know. maybe they are. But oh, anyway, man, are we being you, catfished? Is this what a catfishing is? 
I, I think it does look like a catfish. Uh, this guy's from Australia, if that narrows it down. So. Why is it called catfishing? I didn't see the movie. Here's my theory. I saw the movie. Oh, is her screen name just Catfish Forty Nine or something? No, there was there was some there was a catfish in the movie, just like swimming in an aquarium. It was just one of those like art film shots or something. That's it. Really? That's it. Oh, so what was her screen name or his screen? What was the person who was there was nothing to do? With, it had nothing to do with no catfish. fishing or cats. Just someone had a catfish. Did someone have a point. mustache? No. Okay. None of that. None of that. But oh, so it's called. Snoopy's I guess I'm cousin? answering my own question. Yeah. It's called catfishing just because of the movie. Oh, why is the show called Catfish? Because of the movie. Because of the movie, but why is the movie called Catfish? Just because of some stupid stuff. So we I still don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, if you guys can uh, solve the mystery of Catfish. I just wish it made sense. Like, oh, it's because you reach down their throat and grab their heart. You know, like the way those dudes catch catfish? Oh, by noodling? Is that what they noodling call Noodling with the big gloves on? <laughs> you've been noodling with somebody? Well, I guess you've been, yeah, you've been fishing. You've been, it's, it's you've been fist, form of... You've been fisting their heart. But also you've been fishing for, uh, you know... For a person to fall for your internet pranks. Do you worry that you're vulnerable to something like that? I do. I do. Yeah, I uh, I think uh, in this day and age, we all have to be worried about that, don't we? Yeah, I, I've I'm, got, pretty, I vulner- already, I I'm just, pretty vulnerable to I that. I just added catfishing insurance to my homeowners. Well, yeah, it it's important. Small amount extra per month and just for the peace of mind of knowing I can't get catfished. It was worth right. Well, you'll get, you know, you'll get refunded. Right. They'll, they'll for refund your, for your, you know, um, catfishing fees. Yeah. And, and, you know, for loss of work, um, mental anguish. That sure. Sort of stuff. It's just standard, you know, standard part insurance. Of, part of the policy. Yeah. 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 I wish they would add that, you know, to the new healthcare stuff. I wish. I thought that was this, the backbone of the whole thing. The, the backbone of Obamacare was Look, America. <laughs> I need to make sure that none of you get catfished. And that's why. That's my. That's not a, a very good Obama. Community organizer in Chicago. Look, I was catfished. And <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. I was catfished via Telegram. And <laughs> Telegram. I'm a hundred years old. Uh, what if? Yeah. What? What if uh, Michelle is just doing like the long con catfish? Oh She's man, that's an extreme, extreme catfish. My my last girlfriend that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Who you promised you're not going to talk about on any podcasts anymore? <laughs> no, no, no. This isn't a bad thing. This isn't. This isn't uh, any sort of slander. She's. She's. Uh, I. You think she's super beautiful? She's a really attractive person. Mm-hmm. Way out of my league physically. Obviously, I have oh, the mental come on, prowess. Come on, you can't say that. To, obviously, I'm a. You know, some sort of comedic genius. Uh, there's several things that bump me up a few numbers. Uh-huh. But just if I was just a plumber guy, mm-hmm. yeah, that wouldn't be happening. That wouldn't be a thing that I think we can agree. Come on. Uh, maybe. That, maybe. that wouldn't be a thing that I would happen. Know. I mean, luckily, I'm Rico Suave over here, um, full of charm and charisma. Anyway, my point is, and humble, I, I, <laughs> I thought, I seriously thought, like, this could be the world's longest, like, escort sting. We're like, I'm just going to get build for two million dollars for, for six months two years whatever it was. millions of dollars you know what i mean like because i i could be one of those guys that um i am dumb enough i think to just spend considerable time with a hooker and not know she's a hooker you know what i mean like like the i am sam thing where like he didn't know and and uh, Wait, i thought that was about a mentally uh, i thought that was about sean penn singing beatles songs and he's mentally deficient no 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 the whole thing is sean penn has a daughter, right? Okay. She's in the Beatles. Okay. okay. His daughter is in the Beatles, and he and her together form a Beatles cover band called the Retards. <laughs> that seems like it would be hard for a person who's just looking through the listings of bands. Like, if, if there's a pun in there, I'm not sure it'd be very visible. Like, if your band's just called the Retards, <laughs> I don't think people are going to realize that you're a Beatles cover band. That's the surprise. Just because. That's the surprise. It's a father-daughter Beatles cover band starring Sean Penn. Okay. And uh, Dakota Fanning. And that's the whole deal. Shouldn't, isn't there some way you could work in a pun that has to do with developmental disability and the Beatles in the name of the band? I'm just okay. looking for All right. better. Let's, let's do this. Let's put it out to the listeners. Uh, no, we can do this together. We can do this. Okay. Um, <sighs> dad, uh, psychiatric ward. Short, short Beatles. Oh, post. Jesus Christ. Um, the re- it's, it's the retards. That's, that's it's all the it retards. Is. And okay. and now listen, this is awful. We, we're using that's a bad word. That's a word that's now. No, it's, it's a word you shouldn't use. Um, my point is, during I am Sam, mm-hmm. he gets he he winds up with a hooker, but doesn't realize. Okay, she's a hooker. 
You know what I mean? Like he gets, yeah. he gets, yeah, yeah. he's like in a mall and some hooker comes up to him and like starts eating with him in the food court and she's being all sexy. Does she realize he's not fully able? Probably, mentally? probably. Yeah. But then cops come out of nowhere and it's, it's, she wasn't undercover, but it's like this sting type thing. And then does he start hitting himself in the head and going, hot water, burn baby, hot water, burn baby. So no, why would he do that? Rain Man. Okay. Oh, I'm Rain sorry. Man. Okay. No, no, I haven't seen it in a while. I haven't okay. seen it in a while. Yeah. Um, so... Anyway, anyway, that would happen to me. That, you're just you're on the same level as Sean Penn's character in I Have Sam. There was a time it almost did happen to me <laughs> at Bar Lubitsch after that Josh and Josh show. It's a show here in it L.A. Seem like a place hookers would hang out. There's some escorts there. Wow. It, or I think, or maybe I just missed out on opportunity right, of a lifetime. Maybe you just had a girl who was really into you. And but was very this, attractive. Uh, this girl, I did. I guess I had a decent set that night. I don't know, but she wasn't in the room. She so this girl comes out. I'm having a cigarette on the patio, and mm-hmm. she just goes, "Hey, what's going on?" And she sits down, and she's like, "Like this doesn't happen." Girls like this don't start talking right. to me. Yeah. This doesn't happen. That's what she looked like. Someone that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she's like, "I'm just inside hanging with my friends. We're just single girls out looking to have a good time." And that was my first, like, this is weird. And I That's go... That's never a thing that a non-prostitute has ever said right. about and anything. I go, That's, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I, go, I go, oh, I'm Jesse. What's your name? And she goes, she goes, I'm Melody. Like, on my necklace, see, it says Melody. <laughs> she had a necklace on that had her, like, fake hooker name to on it. To remind herself. To remind... Yeah, I guess. <laughs> to remind herself so she doesn't break yeah. and say Helga or whatever. But um, I'll never know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was one of those things where yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, I might see you guy. I might come by and have a drink. I don't know. I might see you later. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never know. But so that had to be. It, it seems like it is. Especially, I love that uh, we're just a bunch of single girls out to have a good time. <laughs> They're either just a prostitute or like a, an alien who just took the class. <laughs> an alien. Um, an alien human who just. customs. <laughs> well, an alien whose like, go-to film was a porno. That's like how yeah. they learned yeah. like what humans do, how to fit in. <laughs> or a body switching thing, like the same way like no adult is ever going to say, I am a grown up. <laughs> sure, sure. I am a grown up man. I really miss the 80s body switching comedies. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they brought it back for a little bit with that um, Ryan Reynolds, Jason Bateman thing. Okay. They tried to do like the R rated body switch, switch them up. Right. Well, there was that one with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. Oh, that was just a remake of, of an earlier Freaky Friday. of. Hey, do you have body switching movies? Sure, but you know that's an attempt to reboot. Yeah, yeah trying to bring it back. Yeah, it's it's uh, weird. Those movies always come in those groups. I feel like we've talked about this before, but yeah, that's always fascinated me. Like the bugs, a bug's life, ants, and the you know deep impact Armageddon. I don't really know how that happens. I think one studio gets word that another studio is working on this thing and ju- just figures, oh, do we have something in our yeah in our back catalog, something on the back burner that we can just like speed up so that we can draw some of their audience away. This is my theory. If you work in making movies or catfishing um, or naming Beatles cover bands ironically uh, email probablyscience at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at probablyscience and if you want to donate more than 99 cents feel free to go to probablyscience.com and not hit some the Australian asshole button yeah I mean 99 cents we're not going to like I'm not going to turn down that transaction but I'm What's also not going to 99 cents in Australian oh god I can like maybe buy you half of a, sh- of a shrimp that hasn't been put on a barbie yet like it's not this is not much, even a barbie shrimp no, no like an unbarbied half of an unbarbied shrimp wow wow very man. little you can buy like a dingo tooth maybe um <laughs> a wallaby whisker a wallaby whisker sure <laughs> that should be that's probably some colloquial australian saying like hey was a wallaby's whisker away from it wasn't he when you were just a wallaby's whisker yeah you lo- lose a, a race one. you lose a race by a wallaby's whisker you lose a yeah. race by absolutely yeah. absolutely man so, this, and this show is a wallaby's whisker away from being real science. Did I ever tell it's, you I almost bought a wallaby in seventh grade? <laughs> that's not possible, is it? Yeah, it's absolutely possible. How do you buy a wallaby? <laughs> there was a wallaby farm in Tennessee. <laughs> what? And I was um, really into Rocco's Modern Life, thought it was hilarious. Rocco's Modern Life? Yeah. I don't know what that is. So it was a cartoon on Nickelodeon, but it oh, okay. was super weird. It was like... Um, I mean, obviously, the people that wrote it were very... I mean, they were always trying to sneak in jokes. It was full of weird, like, weird masturbation jokes and stuff. Oh, wow. And I was just at that age where I got it on both levels. Oh, cool. You know what I mean? The the stupid slap-happy kid level and the grown-up level. Yeah, yeah. So the perfect show. And um, there was a... I had to do some presenta- presentation in school about some animal from Australia, and the wallaby wasn't taken. I'm like, I'm absolutely doing the wallaby. Nice. Um, but I was so behind. I was failing so bad. I thought, I'm going to buy a wallaby <laughs> and just show up with a wallaby and kill it. 
right, kill right. it. <laughs> They'll probably just let me give me a, diplo- a senior in high school diploma for this. Oh yeah, you're done with school. You could done just with school if you pull the wallaby during a presentation. Line. Pull um, the wallaby card, and I a serious- slow clap would happen like uh, as soon as you walk. Yeah, in the yeah. Room. yeah. Um, I think these days kids just like slow twerk. <laughs> That's what they do. They slow ass slow clap. booty clap. <laughs> yeah, they stand up. That's what happens when it, like a stripper does something amazing. The other strippers slow, booty, slow clap booty clap after like a really intense speech <laughs> that a stripper gives. She gets a slow booty clap. Okay, uh, if you're if you're a video editor who's listening to this, go find some motivational slow clap inducing speeches from movies, and then slow down some twerking videos Let's and see make it. that work. Let's mash see it. that up and and post that and then. Mention us at probably so, and then retweet and then po- and, and email, then we'll and, and we'll, we'll we'll give you this ninety nine cents that oh I'll pay any anybody who makes one of those yeah a, a booty clap a booty a slow booty clap uh, mega mix mashup I will send them ninety nine cents absolutely via PayPal absolutely um, but if you want to pay us for anything yeah probablyscience.com is a donate button um, so that's probably enough preamble let's get into this even less science than usual uh, we'll start with. Matt, who is, as I said, overseas, um, visiting with some of his friends who are science-minded. So maybe this gets sciencey. I haven't listened to it yet. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but either way, we'll be back, uh, if not next week, then the week after with a regular, quote-unquote regular episode. But thank you for listening, and enjoy this. Hey, welcome to probably history slash probably science bonus episode. Uh, this is Matt by himself. Uh, I am... Uh, talking into my phone, so I've got no idea what the quality is going to be like. I'm on a train just leaving Cambridge with two of my friends. I've I've mentioned in the past how just about everyone I was friends with at university is now a professional academic, and I'm just the idiot clown. Uh, So I'm just here with uh, two of my friends right now, uh, uh, Dr. Richard Flower, to give him his full title. Yeah, that's me. Hello. And and Dr. Anna Kolu, to give her her full title as well. Why, thank you. You're you're very welcome. Um, so, I may get this right. Like Anna, Anna's now in New York most of the time. Doing is it biochemistry? Uh, developmental biology, phylogenetics. Uh, and uh, and Richard is a professional swearing. Yes, at... yes, that, that is true. I, I work on how people insulted each other in in the later Roman Empire, particularly how they slagged off the emperor. This train is for London King's Cross. And that's a that's a train uh, professional. That's a doctor <laughs> of trains. Uh, yeah, R- Richard is a, um, you're now at Exeter University, having been at Sydney, Sussex College, Cambridge, and then Warwick. No, not Warwick. Was it, well, sorry, not Warwick. Sheffield. Sheffield. My yeah. apologies. James, James, who does lasers, who isn't with us, is in <laughs> yes. Warwick. Uh, and classical history is technically your yes, subject. That's, that's me, yeah. So I, I, I do Roman history, but, but in particular I work on the 4th century, so just before the Roman Empire falls apart completely, um, you get me, um, as people are still flagging each other off rather than being killed by barbarians and other fun things like that. So what's... Uh, you've just published a book as well, and I've forgotten the title because I've done a lot of research on this one. <laughs> research consisted of chatting to you yesterday over drinks. Uh, but what... You, what, what's the book you've just published that apparently will be of no interest to anyone except academics? Yeah, but we, and, and it probably won't be of interest to academics either. It's called Emperors and Bishops in Late Roman Invective. So it's about a whole load of bishops who get very, very annoyed and start writing pamphlets insulting the emperor. So call, calling him the Antichrist or the worm of the Antichrist or the most idiotic man who's ever lived. Uh, things like that, generally. What happens when you insult an emperor? Um, if you matter, the emperor might exile you or kill you. But the people who I'm writing about are mostly so unimportant. The emperor seems to have ignored them. Um, uh, we do have an exchange of letters <laughs> because one of these people who disliked the emperor so much uh, bundled up his pamphlets and posted them to the emperor. And we have an exchange of letters between him and the emperor's secretary where the emperor's secretary writes to him and goes, someone sent this stuff with your name attached to it. Is it really by you? And he wrote back again, yes, yes it is. Kill me, make me a martyr. And they just ignored him. <laughs> so it's almost like people who tweet you insults and make sure they include your app name. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, he was desperate to get some attention. At one point in it, he writes a massive sentence in which he gets very, very excited about all the ways that the Emperor might kill him. He's like, oh, you, you might stick arrows in me, you might drown me in the sea, you might bury me alive. And the Emperor's <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> Go away! <laughs> it's like, 
like, please, please murder me. Yes, it really is like that. Um, one thing he says is, you might use a labandago and great forces to propel my head far from my body. We don't know what a labandago <laughs> is. It's the only time in history that this word appears. It's just some device for explosive decapitation. <laughs> he may have made it up. <laughs> Did he give any further explanation of what a labandago might look like? Or no, <laughs> didn't do a drawing. Or anything. <laughs> Just like his head. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite thing about this man as well is that he's a bishop, and he's called Bishop Lucifer. <laughs> he's the bishop of Cagliari in Sardinia, but at the time, Lucifer didn't necessarily mean the devil. So you have a bishop Lucifer who's regarded as a saint in Sardinia. So this guy who wanted to be killed. Yeah. The bishop who wanted to be killed by the emperor is called Lucifer. And is now a Sardinian saint. Yes. Our train's starting to fill up so you can hear... I I don't know what the sound quality is going to be like, but we can hear more and more people. Uh, They're very excited about going to London. Um, I... How did... Was there swearing? Like, what... What's a... I, What's um, a good swear word in the Roman in the later Roman period? Um, I mean, there's there's lots of um, Roman swear words or Roman insults. A lot of them are are quite similar to ones that we would know, like felat or you know, have to look very far to realise that basically just means cocksucker. Um, that, that turns up in some graffiti in Pompeii, uh, <laughs> for instance. Uh, but in general, I mean, swear words are a lot of quite similar things to um, to what you would get in English. Um, futuro, the verb is, is roughly fuck um, in, in Latin and so you do get that used a bit but a lot of it is, is sexual ones as well um, particularly accusing people of doing oral sex that's, that's a very, very favourite way of insulting someone right. so they were quite sex negative in there in their own way, that was specifically oral sex negative. That- yeah, there was there was a general view that performing oral sex was dirty, and therefore that was a big accusation you can make against anybody. So you could insult a man not just by saying he was a cocksucker, but also by by saying that he was a pussy licker essentially as well. Was was to insult him? It wasn't it wasn't a kind of a homophobic insult. Generally, it was just about oral sex overall. Hi. What is what is Latin for pussy liquor? Um, I can't remember. I, well, no, of course I can't remember. I mean, it, it is just—it's basically cunnilingus is the, is the word for it. That's that's just taking Latin. So Latin word cunnus um, comes quite easily into English, um, as you will probably recognise. I do recognise. I remember it from school. Uh, I think. I think the train's filling up, and we're going to be kicking off soon. And I want to get a chance to talk to Anna in a second. Um, I don't know whether to do it as a separate episode. We'll work that out in the edit. But uh, Anna, what are, you, what are you researching right now? Right now I'm doing a mix of um, looking at fly genetics and um, basic orientation of the body plan, how you make sure that you get hands and feet in the right places, but using flies as a model, so mainly looking at the orientation of hairs on flies under a microscope. The orientation, as in which way? Which way the which way the hairs point? Yeah, they all point in one direction. I'm working out exactly how that happens. My my the hair on my head points in different directions sometimes. I don't know. Is that a genetic thing or is that? No, no, it is. So it's the same mechanism that controls the way the fly body, um, the bristles on the fly body, how they're oriented. It's the same thing that um, like people have the swirls around um, like the crown of the head and people who've got particular um, uh, cold polymorphic kind of mutations in genes you can see that they have distinctive hair patterns um, it's also linked to kidney disease and many other syndromes but yeah the same things are kind of transferable so you can look at someone's bad hair and just realise that their kidney is fucked yeah pretty much and just call them a mutant that's the main thing that, that we would do that's what I'm trained to do and that's not, not my words that's science yeah yeah definitely it's fact yeah, actual fact yeah that's mainly what I look for facts in science truth and facts yeah. I'd never thought science was facts before but that was a revelation yeah you just have to learn a series of facts that's all it is finding out the truth on a regular basis <laughs> um, we're, we're going to be kicking off soon this is the first attempt at a bonus mini like 
I don't know how long that even was, like 10 minutes. A little extra bonus, slightly noisy. I hope the sound quality was vaguely... I, I actually, I, I do want to quickly find out, how does, how does the hair orientation then relate to where arms and legs appear in humans? Um, so it's partly setting up the body axis. So I'm looking at the, how cells are polarised between... Um, within the plane of a tissue, so proximal to distal, so from, say, shoulder to hand, how that directionality is set up. Uh, so it's the same thing that all of the... So all of the hairs on a, a fly, on the body, they point towards the posterior because it's oriented... Um, the cells are polarised in that way, so it's the same kind of thing that sets up um, the hand, shoulder, proximal, distal axes, generally speaking. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I think I'm going to sign off right now because I've got a sandwich that I want to eat and the train's going to be moving soon and that's even more noise. But in the meantime, is there somewhere listeners can find you online? Do you tweet? Do you... No, neither of them have any online presence whatsoever. Generally avoid any kind of social media. That's, that's a... And Richard... Your specific research suggests that it's a good idea to avoid. Yeah, it, it really is, unless I want a visit from the Metropolitan Police. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much, Doctors Richard Flower and Anna Colu. Uh, this is our first, probably history, probably science mini episode crossover from a train sat at Cambridge Station waiting to leave. Uh, see you at the next one. Bye. Welcome to Probably Science, a very special bonus episode edition. I'm Andy Wood, coming to you from Portland, Oregon. I'm back in town, uh, the place where I started doing comedy, and I lived for about 10 years in town just for a week or so, and uh, thought, I'll just kill, I'll fill some space. I'll, uh, I'll Wow, thanks, Andy. <laughs> that is a glorious introduction. Thank you, Andy. Those are the voices of Filler. two very good friends of mine who I've known for over, over 10 years now. Uh, that was uh, the first voice you heard was Emily Mounts, Emily Burkett Mounts, or just Mount. Is you going straight up Mounts now? Either straight and, up, and Jeff Mounts, um, who are actually both scientist friends of mine, who I knew before I started doing comedy, and Use who the I term friend loosely, <laughs> making air quotes, inverted commas, as the British would say, as Matt said last week. Um, but people who I I also hid the fact that I did comedy from for a little while. I, th- I, feel, I felt a little bit bad about that. I was embarrassed about the fact that I started doing comedy and I didn't come out to my close friends about it for a little while. But you guys were very supportive when I, when I finally did. True. And uh, over the course of the time that I've known you both, uh, well, first of all, when we first met, we were all kind of hanging out together as like, hey, we're all bros. All three of us are just good platonic friends. And then, going and to strip bars. I started to get, I started to get a sense. Of, Wait a minute, I think, I think something's happening between Jeff and Emily. This isn't fair. We're all supposed to be equal friends here, and now you guys are married and you have a child and a dog and a house. None of those two of those people don't go to strip bars. <laughs> I have fewer people to frequent Portland's many strip clubs with. Uh, but also, you're both. You're both in, in, you have careers in the sciences. Indeed. We do. Right? What, Jeff? It's a really exciting dinnertime conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jeff, your job, well, when we first met, uh, we were just hard partying 20 somethings, living high on the hog here in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you settled in and you got like a respectable job That's helping. That's when you were a scientist, Andy. That was when I was an engineer. That's right. I used to be an electrical engineer. Um, Once an engineer, always an engineer. Always a, yeah, and you guys love to harass me about my brain still works that way. I can't change it. I'm an me, analytical me, guy. Me, 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 me. That's your impression of me explaining anything. That, that was the sound of Andy Wood thinking right there. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeff, you now work. In, you you help everyone um, conserve those these precious few resources we have on this planet better. You help make the world run more efficiently. Is that right? Um, it's kind of overstating I, it. <laughs> yes. That's what I do. I work in the realm of uh, energy efficiency and energy conservation. And um, I, I work with contractors that work on homes, trying to make our homes more efficient. That's very important. Is there anything, what's the most interesting thing you've learned in the last couple of years that you think the average person doesn't know about how awful their house is as far as energy efficiency? Well, there's a lot of health and safety stuff that comes to mind, but... I think the the big thing is, you know, when people think about energy efficiency and uh, conservation, they immediately leap to their cars 
Right. And uh, they want to get a Prius, then, then if they get a Prius, then they're good, right? Then they're why all, do you then need Priuses? <laughs> Pri-I. <laughs> Pri-I, is that the point? Why do you got to be like that? <laughs> um, no, it's it's true. Like, we, we all kind of leap to, we think about the congestion, especially if you're living in L.A. or, or Dallas or uh, wherever you are in Seattle. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's if you think about the tailpipe for your house, it's pretty big. And so Ooh, um, the tailpipe for your house. I've never yes. heard that. I like that. Your yes. house is tailpipe. Yes, your house has a giant tailpipe. And if you can if you can weatherize and uh, conserve the energy you consume and be just as comfortable as you were before, then it's a win win. Why not? Yeah. And if you can if you can employ people that work right here in the US of A, mm-hmm. then um, those jobs aren't going away. So it's a win win win. That's a good point. You're mm-hmm. right because those jobs are always you, you can't outsource something where you actually physically have to come to a place that is here, <laughs> right? So that's yeah. So what, what you were telling me earlier about um, heat pumps? Wait, was that what it was? What's a heat pump? Isn't that what you said? Oh, no, what, what? I've never heard of that. <laughs> that's some newfangled thing. We, we might have had a couple heat drinks pumps. tonight. This is um, a bonus episode, listeners. So you know, Andy and I were talking about. Heat pump water heaters. Heat pump water heaters. Over happy hour. So um, that's an exciting technology for uh, climates that are not extremely cold. Mm-hmm. Will not work well in Alaska, but it's a great technology for California, for instance, and uh, Oregon as well, where I'm from. So, um, how, what's, how does it work? What, the, the ease, like the short explanation of how it works. Well, uh, you're the engineer. I, I should know Wait, this. Want, I know, but this is the it? podcast. I don't know the oh, things man. that I've, I'm supposed to know. Or actually, so, maybe it's more interesting. The the one the thing that goes deep into the bowels of hell uh, that we were talking about. What is what is that thing? Is you're talking some, about the ge- the geothermal. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, how does that work? System. Well, you know, that's a heat pump that uses the ground temperature in in a heat exchange to bring warm air into the house. Usually with a uh, an air handler but the important thing to to capture here with a heat pump of any kind whether it's a hot water heater or a forced air mm-hmm. heat pump is that you're capturing heat from the outside and you're getting a uh, a massive efficiency that you can't get otherwise wait do you have to have does the outside have to be it doesn't have to be as hot as you want to get the thing. Somehow you can capture even just being a little bit hotter than inside and turn that into actually heating up your water tank. Exactly. So the the ambient air outside, mm-hmm. even when it's cold, has warmth to it. The job of the heat pump then is to extract that energy and take it inside and deliver it inside the house. Okay. And so it must have to also put something else that's super cold out somewhere else, right? Or what, yeah, that, that's uh, dark matter. Dark matter. We got yes. into that a couple of weeks ago with Dr. Sean yeah, Carroll. So the only dark byproduct matter. is dark matter. Dark I hope that's matter. okay. So if you had one piece of advice to give to the average listener, that, like one thing, go check on this in your house right now because you probably don't realize this thing is wasting a lot of resources in your house. What's the like the biggest, the easiest gain thing to go check on? My favorite thing as a conservationist is hot water temperature. Mm -hmm. Why are you going to heat your hot water to 150 degrees if you can heat it to 120 and do the same thing? Because you're never going to use 150 degree water to to take a bath. It's going to burn you. It's going to burn your kids. It's going to burn your old people. Don't do it. Just turn your water heater down to 120 degrees. But if you don't like your current skin and you want a new layer, it might be a good thing. Exfoliating. Exfoliating. Yeah. Yeah. Exfoliate. So if you like like your skin as it is now, turn down your water heater. And if you... Is that Laura Veers? Gibson. Laura Gibson. I'm watching Oregon TV and I'm seeing an Oregon singer-songwriter I recognize. It's good to be back in Oregon, you guys. I've had a Welcome. couple of drinks. Welcome. I've had Thank a couple you. of drinks. Thanks for coming back. So everybody, turn down your water heaters to 120. Just be reasonable. It just makes sense. Um, and oh, before we... Uh, we're going to get to you, Emily, and exp- talk <gasps> about your job. Before we do, I do want to uh, ask Jeff if he remembers the, the the fake jobs that we used to tell girls at bars <laughs> I remember. that we had. I don't, even I don't remember Andy's, but I remember Jeff's was... This was a long-standing tradition of trying to outdo each other with made-up jobs when we met new girls at bars. 
And the gimmick was like, you, you can't instantly say what the thing is. You have to like, just be kind of coy about it. If they want to ask you more questions and get to the actual nuts and bolts of the job, they can, but you're not going to come out with a silly job. You just, you're vague. And then if somebody is bold enough to question you on it, you'll eventually reveal what it is. So what was and, the, and, and, and we got to back up and say like the whole reason for that was when you're 20 something out at a bar. Yeah. A lot of the girls would say like, Oh, so what do you do? You got to prove um, yourself. Yeah. yeah you got to compete so. with all of these well-employed Portlanders <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> flooding it's the market. Such... With... Everybody's got so many prospects in this town. Right. They've got these Wait, but at the time, jobs. you, Andy, were an engineer and you, Jeff, were a painter. So were those not, you feel, Those are both lucrative professions, jobs? but they're not, they're not glamorous jobs. They're not they, glamorous. Like, we're, we're, those are reliable but jobs with a paycheck coming in. It doesn't matter if you're employed or not. The point is... Your, your your girls are coming at you saying, hey, what do you do? Right. And the response is, I work for Warehouser in the small timbers division. Right. I manage the uh, sandwich flag <laughs> department, <laughs> but you can't. which I oversee daily I never heard to make sure that the quality of the sandwich flags in the small timbers division <laughs> maintains the highest level of quality across the continents because... I have worked in this for generations. <laughs> I've lived in the Northwest all my life. And I will be damned if someone <laughs> will come in here and tell me how the small timbers division shall be run. <laughs> right. I will make sure that every flag... Those sandwich flags posted. are going to be as perfect as they could possibly be. But you left that, out was the, your, yeah. that was yours, right, Andy? No, I think that was Jess. But the best thing was that you wouldn't come out with that. You would just be like, yeah, I work for Warehouser, which is a well-known... Um, lumber consortium in the Northwest. If they want to, if they want to get into more of it, like, well, what do you do? Oh, I work in the small timbers division. Like, what, what is that? Well, I work in small timbers flagging. Really small, really. Small. What is small timbers flagging? It's like, well, you ever go to a, you ever go to a deli and uh, you know when you get your sandwich, it's got, someone's got to hold that together, right? You've got the, the, the toothpicks of the flag. Yeah, I'm in charge of flagging on the small timbers, and it's. Uh, I'm not going to say. Well, listen, this wasn't. This isn't like the game. You you don't have mystery style. Uh, game with ladies but it, it, no. it was rather effective it landed you this beautiful wife who is before us now <laughs> with a very lucrative job an interesting know about one your background in the sandwich mm-hmm. flag industry actually you didn't try that on me you knew i would see right through it yeah there's certain girls you do that kind of stuff on as other ones where you're like listen i gotta put, i gotta i gotta tuck I'm, in my shirt and straighten my tie because this one's a keeper mm-hmm. taking this one home <laughs> No such comment. as Emily, such as Emily Burkett. Thankfully, you never uh, had to disclose I, to me that you did not, in fact, work in that industry. Yeah. <laughs> but the sure other one, which I don't remember which one of you was this, but this is the one that I found most impressive, and I actually wish that you did this for your real job, <laughs> which was the karaoke video actor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good job. That's the one I thought you were going to I think say. that was Andy's job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was. And then, actually, uh, I don't know if you remember this <laughs> show called Dog Bites Man. That Zach Galifianakis and Matt Walsh and Eighty Miles and Andrea Savage were in, and they filmed. It was like a, it was done Borat style, where they would cut. It wasn't a prank show, but people didn't know these people weren't real newscasters, and they would do shows where, yeah, like the butt of the joke. They're the butt of the joke, but the the people that are, that are around them in this Borat style thing don't know that this is a comedy. Um, and uh, the side gig of Zach Galifianakis's character was directing karaoke videos for a Korean businessman. <laughs> And he even had to, like, they went to the Portland Art Museum and had a scene where he's getting in a fight with this Korean karaoke video producer. And in front of people who are actually going to the museum, uh, he had to, the Korean producer had to slap Zach Alphanakis in the face as hard as he could. Oh, my God. And they couldn't get him to do it. Like, he just wouldn't, it wasn't, like, a proper thing to do, but it would have been the best thing to have in that show with all these Portlanders at an art museum around to have someone screaming in Korean at Zach Galifianakis and then slap him across the face. And there's an episode where they show the fake karaoke video that he directed, and it's amazing. Like, it has this woman who also is unaware that she's part of a joke who just answered some ad to be an actress, and she's walking through the surf as he has a uh, a leaf blower pointed at her hair to give it the flowing effect. The camera pans back to show that. It's amazing. Anyway, but I digress. But Emily, you are you work in, in the sciences as well. You help make sure that our babies come out right. <laughs> right? Well, that's a bit of a, a leap, but... Um, I, think that's, I think that's what your I'm title is. I'm trying to is. start them off on the right note. Yes, that's right. You, what, do you, what would you call your job? Well, I'm a genetic counselor, but... Um, You're a what? <laughs> Yeah, I, 
I meant to tell you. I wasn't going <laughs> to tell you on the podcast, but um, but right now I work in a in a fertility clinic. So we, um, as part of this job, I mainly help people decide whether they want to do genetic screening of their embryos before they're um, transferred back into the uterus to hopefully make a baby. Okay. I didn't know that was the... Oh, okay. Wait I thought this was always people that were all already pregnant. This is waiting I used to, do, to... I used to work in the prenatal setting. Yeah. But. So it's like, how many, how many, how many um, 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 fertilized embryos will there be in, in a, a batch? Is that the term for what, <laughs> what do you call uh, it? Um, Andy, the term is litter. It's a litter. Litter, litter of embryos. Litter. How, many, how many total fertilized ones are options that they have to That's work with? That's a great with? question. That reflects a... a High level of understanding Listen, of the in vitro fertilization. Yeah. Actually, 80 episodes Andy? into this. It's actually thing. a gaggle of embryos. A gaggle. It's a murder yeah. of embryos. Yeah. A murder. A pod. Well, it's that's a great question. I mean, we certainly have people go through who have no embryos from the cycle, or one or two. Why would they even go through the, if they have no embryos? What? Well, because you don't know from the beginning. You don't know how many you're going to end oh, up with. Okay. Um, but then you know when we use egg donors, like these young, healthy women who are you know in their early twenties, you might end up with you know, 20 embryos from the cycle. But the average person, I think, ends up with like five to seven embryos. Wait, so um, when they harvest eggs from somebody, they can take out that many? Because you only have a fixed number for your whole life, right? If you're a lady? Is that true or not? Did I just make that up? You have, well, you, you have, well, so when you're actually, when you're a fetus, you have this very, very, very large number of eggs. And then even before you're born and when you're a baby, the eggs start dying off. So as you get older, you have fewer and fewer potential eggs, which are really just little follicles. But yeah, as the older you get, the more, um, you know, the fewer follicles you have, which is an issue. But for IVF, you're just capturing, you know, in over the course of one month, how many eggs can you get the body to produce at once so you can get them all at once? Because you only have one chance. Oh, I thought they were just like, they're all there. You have a, they're all just this. There's a sack that has every egg you're ever going to have, and then every month, like one more is gone, one more is gone. It's just the like, well, it sands is, through but, the hourglass. But, mm-hmm. but your body's still making them. You said right, right. But they go out to right. tea. <laughs> okay, so th- yeah, basically, you just, you're not going to miss the 20 eggs you lost when you're a 22 year old Harvard right. uh, so, uh, junior. Yes, who they're all Harvard. To, they're all yeah. Harvard models, basically. Right. Harvard models. Yes. They model for Harvard magazine. <laughs> So they harvest 20 eggs from the Harvard models, and then they, they, if they're good Harvard models, all of them get imp- get fertilized, and then you go and well, look at all of them. Well, we have to remember the sperm is part of this, right? So it's like... You get 20 Harvard sperm. The eggs don't decide if they want to be fertilized, right. but the it's, sperm has to be... But like Princeton know. and Yale sperm, those guys aren't going to get through. Those There's, guys. Yeah, they're wearing their block. letter sweaters. That's yeah. the uh, Ivy League block, we call it. Yeah. Yeah. The IVB? The what? I mean, the ILB, I guess. <laughs> I feel like I've been drinking a little bit. Bonus episode. Okay, so you have... how? Okay, so you've got a batch of... So, sometimes 20 of them might actually be successfully fertilized. Sometimes, yeah. And then you have to decide how many of those are, look good. Well, so then you have a number of eggs that you are able to remove. Then they don't all... They're not all mature, and then not all of the mature ones fertilized. Then all, not all of the fertilized ones will grow for most clinics will grow the embryos for either three or five days before they put them back in. That's so ferment- you're going to lose called, quite a few along the way. That's the fermentation process, right? Is fermentation? The, yeah, right? Isn't that the clinical term? Yeah. For we're, not, no, we're not brewing are beer. Are we making beer? When do they add the hops? To Holy the- shit. <laughs> um, okay, so three to five days, and, and then... And then you put however many you're going to put back. So typically you would put one or two back in. But if you do more, that's how you end up with like Octomom and stuff. Right. They just, I think like, Octomom just... put in four or five and then like three of them split What's into identical typical? twins. What, what do most people do? They put in one or one two. One or two okay. would be recommended. Because you assume... So how do they end up with those huge litters? Of, I thought it was like you just got to put a bunch in because you don't know how many will actually take hold or something. What? What's the decision-making process, I think, is what yeah. he's saying. Is how like, many babies are you willing to how, have at once? What's the biggest number? So you have to think about pregnancy risks, you know, the risks of carrying multiples for your own health, for the mother's health, and then also the risk of the baby. I mean, obviously, the most, more babies you're carrying, the higher the risk for preterm delivery and all the complications that come along with that. So you're, you're walking that fine line of you want to improve the chances of getting pregnant while reducing the chance of having multiples. Mm-hmm. So everyone has to weigh out that equation for themselves. I mean, if you're growing embryos to five days, you're the, you know the hope is that you're weeding out some of the bad ones in the lab, 
and not having to put in as many to up the chances. Oh, so the things that could go wrong might go wrong in that time. Right. I thought this is just like long term, um, like chances. I, I mean, I'm just going to say what everyone's thinking who's listening to this probably is. I, I just assume it's all like, does this baby have Down syndrome or not? Is kind of what I thought your whole job was sort of is that and that's way too simplistic. But like those kind of things that that wouldn't result in um, an embryo not surviving that five-day period sometimes it could but the things that we're looking for in embryos are much more severe than down syndrome generally so the things that can't make a baby at all so there's other chromosome problems like you know down syndrome is an extra chromosome i'm not it sounds super judgmental when i'm saying i'm not trying to say that that's the i just i don't know that's just what i'm going to imagine imagine every every parent probably is thinking that and wondering that and that's got to be on their minds well that's the most common condition that's screened for during pregnancy so i think that's where that's coming from um but an embryo, we do see embryos with Down syndrome, but we more commonly see embryos when we test them for the chromosomes with just lethal chromosome problems. So if you have an extra chromosome one, that embryo is never going to make a baby. So we would prefer not to transfer it at all because it's destined to fail in IVF. And, because, and is there a cost per embryo of doing this? Like, why not? Even if it's going to fail, like, who cares then? It'll fail. Because you're only doing one or two, so why? Right, so the stakes are high for each transfer because the woman's on a ton of medication to get ready for the transfer. That's many thousands of dollars to do a transfer. Um, The emotion of you know not getting pregnant each try. Mm -hmm. So you want to up the chances by just finding the ones that are quote unquote normal, or at least have a good chance of turning into a person. Oh, okay. um, By weeding out, yeah. And then the side effect is that you will find some things like Down syndrome, or even a few things milder than Down syndrome, or a few more severe that wouldn't necessarily impact the chance of getting pregnant, but would impact the health of the baby or person eventually. So right. some people appreciate that side effect of the test. Yeah. Some people see it as too much information and they may ask us, well, you know, if I only have one embryo that's, you know, could make a baby and it has Down syndrome, could we transfer that? Right. And so different clinics have different policies on that because ethically, um, you know, some people are comfortable with that. Others yeah. aren't. Well, is, is there a test to determine if the baby has or at some point will develop um, something as severe as, let's say, the Bieber fever? Is that <laughs> is there a way to so know? We've been working on that gene for quite a while. Yeah. It's it's um, well, it to be with, most. I think it was a mutation of the menudo gene, right? This started <laughs> menudo genome. It was about the menudo genome project in 1982 that uh, began the full genome of Central the, America. All were. the The menudo boys were genetically created, weren't they? Like, wasn't that part of? They're all cyborgs. It was government yeah. funded. It was project. a government funded project yeah. to, to make the perfect. Uh, wholesome Latino American boy band. So if you had, if either of you had advice to give to like, I think I feel like some of our listeners are probably uh, in, in high school or maybe like in college deciding what they want to do career wise. Turn Uh, down your water heater. And why haven't you done that yet? I (laughs) get your eggs out. Turn down your water heater and get (laughs) your eggs out tomorrow. Donate your eggs as good money to be had, especially if you're a Harvard model. But like for your own career paths, uh, is there anything from you did right or wrong that you would be like, hey, kids, do this or don't do this? I don't know. We don't do this on the show usually. But yeah, advice to the people who looking into <laughs> looking into careers in the sciences. Seriously, if if I'm talking to the group that's younger than I, which is most probably, mm-hmm. I would say don't settle for turning down your water heater <laughs> because in all seriousness... Um, climate change is a reality that we can't deny anymore. <laughs> and uh, turning on your water heater is a soft pitch that I. But you give never know. Like, people. what if climate change goes the other direction and suddenly we're Ooh. we're in an ice age? We wish our water heaters hey. were still at 150. Because <laughs> yeah. guess whose house everyone's going to be clamoring to hey. get into? Right. That's that's a great upside. Yeah. Keep yeah, anyways, so maybe so maybe so, keep, maybe turn that water here up to like 180 200 like why not have boiling water coming out of your faucet yeah, what's the downside if, of that yeah if if that happens that'll be great <laughs> but um until the zombie movie becomes reality <laughs> we've got to we've got to uh we've got to find ways to conserve that's a f- easy one but um we've got a lot of old homes in this country and, they should just uh, be put down they should all be uh, just Raised. wrecking ball on all of them. Yeah. No, that's not true at Most all. Most of these houses are There's an easy way in to Detroit. All of them. These are ab- abandoned homes um, in Detroit, Michigan. And the the the, uh, the thing that I would want to put into the minds of the young people that are listening, if there's still at least one listener, 
is, um, you know, to think about this this problem and, uh, you know, think, uh, bring your creativity to the table and think about um, how you can be a part of the solution because there is a great need for it. And, uh, you know, the, this field is um, emerging and it's young and there's a lot of room for brilliant minds. And I, I would want to say, hey, uh, this isn't something that's been written in stone. This has got room for you to participate in it. And um, solve the problems, next generation. Figure Stop out it it's the real up. deal. Um, these these resources em- aren't going to embrace your inner nerd. You know, I think that a lot of careers. No, I think a lot of careers in the sciences, particular for women, you know, they think that they're nerdy but you can be you know i think i'm kind of a cool nerd and you can you know like my job is very very sciencey but i also work with people all day which is what's great about it i'm not in the lab yeah. you know nerds and, are hot <laughs> and you can you know you can do something with the sciences but not be you know and at the end of the day you behind you, the beaker you pull off those librarian glasses and let your oh, yeah. shake it out totally. and then suddenly the people who are asking for advice on their embryos are like whoa whoa hold on a Andy second just took this on a yeah side turn. well thank you guys thank you for explaining actually this is this is so sad that this th- is the it, most it, that we've ever talked right? about our jobs. i know <laughs> because it had, took the podcast for me to actually find out what both of you do uh <laughs> but thank you jeff and emily mounts you guys are the best thank you so much for being on a very special bonus episode of probably science my my goal is that we uh, have more downloads than Gallagher. Do you think that's we can accomplish tall, that? It's gonna be a tall. Uh, I might pepper this one. I might do this as a multi thing with some other Portlanders I'll talk to in the next couple of days. But uh, I can't see any of them bringing Gallagher racist numbers. at the end. Yeah, you think we have a chance? Drop some. Okay. Do you have um, any opinions about the, the various heights of Mexican people? Because that's um, what gets the numbers moving. Racial or I could um, work in some like sexist, eugenics kind something? of yeah. twist. Yeah, eugenics. Or, I'm all your job about eugenics. is ripe for that, though, isn't it? Like that's yeah. Which which embryos should survive? Honestly, uh, in your opinion, which Not race of embryos? <laughs> you did listen to that episode, I guess, didn't I, you? Yeah. I just want to say I believe in creation, and um, there's nothing that will get me away from that. <laughs> Except that's not for, controversial enough. That's not controversial enough. Oh, that's too bad. For your listeners, that's... Uh-oh. <laughs> do you believe in the creation of only one race? <laughs> I, <laughs> that might do it. That, that was, Jeff Mounds uh, believes that only one race was created. Uh, the, no, re- the rest no, evolved. Will not go on record. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, well, Andy needs to get back to Shark Week here. Oh, yeah. Shark, this has been... We've had this in the background during this, and it's kind of terrifying, because I've seen some uh, like some torn open calf muscles. That gets some ratings right there, Shark Week. Yeah. Sharknado, I recommend yeah. it. And with that, we'll see... You. Oh, this guy's missing an arm. Okay, we gotta go. This has been a special bonus episode of Probably Science. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks.